Well, welcome again, and thank you, Brad and Tamara and music folks and everyone making worship possible this morning. We begin a new series entitled Home Improvement, and we're looking at the power of encouragement this morning. And in addition to that proverb, we are looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 11 through 18, Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. This is his first letter, we believe, and he writes this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, it is the spring season, and with spring often comes, at least for me, and I know for many of you, do-it-yourself home improvement projects. Some go well, some not so well. Well, uh, my first home was a fixer-upper, and it's been some time back, but I did a number of projects on it. And at one time, I was redoing the bathroom. It was an old, older home, and uh, the sink was well out of date, and so I was trying to put in a new sink. And you know how those things go. The, the piping, the studs are never aligned exactly the way you'd like them. And so I started work on this, and I realized that I had to cut out part of one of the studs and to frame it so that I didn't lose any support. But there was no way to put in the sink with uh, one of the studs in the way. And so I began that. And soon into the project, I realized that this was one of the old-fashioned homes with oak studs. <laughs> Back in the day, they don't do that anymore. And, and also, the case is, if you buy a 2x4 today, it's not actually 2x4. But back then, it was at least 2x2 two by, two by and at least 4x. So I began, and um, I got out the electric saw, and I burned that baby up in no time at all. I mean, there was smoke and fire, and so uh, I went like, okay, there's the, there's the electric circular saw. And then all I had left was, um, was a couple of the saber saws, you know, and those burned up pretty quickly. And so as I began to think of my tools that I had left, I realized that I really only had one tool that was available to use in this case, and that was a chainsaw. Now, <laughs> and uh, it wasn't an electric chainsaw, <laughs> okay? So, but I thought, I, I thought it through, so it was like, okay, it does throw out a lot of exhaust, okay? <laughs> and so, but I thought, if I opened all the windows in the house and turned on a couple of fans and I held my breath, that I could do it long enough to saw through the oak stud in two places, which is what I need to do. So I got everything carefully ready, opened all the windows, and I turned the fans on. And then I did some of the deep breathing exercises, you know, like if you're going to do in a deep dive or something. And then I held my breath and started the chainsaw. Man, those things smoke fast, don't they? And, and so <laughs> it was billowing out smoke.
oak, and I'm holding my breath, and I uh, went through, and man, the chainsaw did work on the oak, but the oak put up a fight. I'm going to tell you, those oak studs are tough back in the day. So uh, it was grinding away. We got it through once, and then I'm going through the second one, and I'm losing my breath. You know, it's like, man, it seems like a long time. So anyway, but uh, I finally got almost all the way through that stud, and I lost my breath. I turned the thing off and ran outside, and man, it, all the fire alarms in the house were going off. It was just like full of smoke. The fans didn't almost no good. And uh, the neighbors wondered what was going on because there was smoke coming out of the house and everything else. But, uh, uh, but I was able to get that little piece of the stud out. Man, but I tell you, do-it-yourself projects, uh, they helped. That was an interesting one. It didn't turn out eventually successfully. I will tell you that it's better to go ahead and invest in an electric chainsaw if you need to do that, okay? So I will never do that again. But uh, it was successful in one sense of the word, and I live to tell about it. But anyway, we have these do-it-yourself projects, and uh, I think also in our own lives, there's sort of the possibility to, to do it yourself, to do some home improvement in our own lives, and the period following Easter is not a bad period to think about. The ramifications of our faith and how we can up our game a little bit through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning we look at the power of encouragement, the power of encouragement. And I love this proverb that Brad read. It's short, but it's so powerful. It says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Something about the proverb there that just rings true. And so the first thing that when I look at words of encouragement is I think about that words of encouragement are precious. They're valuable. So he's saying it's like apples of gold in a setting of silver. And I think it's so incredible. And then Paul Remember, again, I said that First Thessalonians, many scholars believe that it's his first letter. And so he writes this early in his ministry, and he says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Now, I don't know if you realize or not, but the etymology of the word encourage is literally to give courage. To give courage. You and I have the ability to give someone else the courage to face whatever adversity and challenges they're facing of the day. Maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's someone who's sick. Uh, maybe it's just life's difficult. Sometimes life is difficult. And so Paul is writing to encourage. And if you look in the Greek, the Greek here is parakaleo. And you may recognize that word, which is what? It's the word for the Holy Spirit. Parakaleo, parakalete is one of the words for the Holy Spirit, which means the comforter or the encourager. So para means to come around, like parenthesis or parabola, to come around. And so the Holy Spirit encourages and comforts us. And you and I, when we encourage each other, are taking part in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to encourage, to encourage, to wrap around, to give a word of encourage to someone that's going through a difficult time, or maybe that someone who's doing something right. And so it's so precious. It's so valuable in life. It can make all the difference. Dabo Sweeney, who's the present football coach at Clemson, has been there for quite some time. Very successful career now at this point in his life. But when he was first invited to be the coach at Clemson, the football program was struggling. And uh, Sweeney was known to be a coach that had a lot of potential, but it's always difficult. You know, there's this time when you don't have a good season and you might be out the door. And so their first season at Clemson, the team was 6-6 six and six in football, and that was not a good thing. So uh, there was a lot at stake when the Clemson went up against their arch rivals, which was the University of South Carolina. 
And, of course, he knew all that was stake going into that football game. And it was a close game, but unfortunately the team lost in the final minutes of the game. And as Sweeney was on the way home on the bus, and then when he got in his car to come home, he was thinking how hard it was to be a coach and that uh, he might lose his job, and then the family would, he'd have to look for a new job and coaching, and his family would have to sell the house and leave. And all these thoughts were swirling through his mind. He was so discouraged. And as he pulled up at night into his driveway, there was the athletic director standing in the driveway, and he thought to himself, here we go. <laughs> And his heart just sunk, and so he turned off the car, got out, and the athletic director came up to him and said, listen, I just want you to know that now more than ever, we think that you're the right person for the job, and we are behind you, and we want you to know it. And he said, man, that just changed everything. He was able to go on. He said, nothing meant more than for him to be there standing in the drive when he thought he was going to lose his job and say, listen, we just want to encourage you and affirm that you're the right choice. You're the right person for the job. Of course, they went on. Now, one of the top football programs in the country won a national title and uh, had some MVPs for the NCAA. But that moment was a turning point in his life. And you and I may not be in that exact moment, probably won't be, but you and I can be about the ministry of encouragement. We can be about that golden apple in a setting of silver. We can be about the ministry that Paul encourages the church at Thessalonica and also a letter to each and every one of us to encourage, to lift up, to build up. And so words of encouragement are precious. They're valuable. Words of encouragement can also help us persevere. I mean, what snack do they recommend when you're on a hiking trail the most or doing something else? An apple, right? Comes prepackaged, uh, great energy, very healthy. And so if I'm hiking down at Turkey Run or some other place, I try to have, a, have an apple. I recommend that for my, for my daughter too. Have an apple. It's really, it's healthy and it'll give you the energy that you need to sustain. And so we think about these golden apples and a setting of silver. But also the difference that it makes is Paul is talking about encouragement in our life and the importance of, of building up. Notice it's building up, not tearing down. Some people think their ministry is to tear down. Well, no, it's to, to build up as we're part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's a, a moment in uh, the life of Julie Andrews. Of course, many of you know she starred in Mary Poppins, a number of uh, movies and Broadway shows, fabulous voice. But midway through her, her life, she had to go through surgery on her throat, and uh, she had been encouraged by the doctor that she could well come out of this and be able to sing just as she had before, but there wasn't 100% chance, but she needed the surgery, so she went through the surgery. The recovery went okay, but she could not sing the way that she had sung before. And she said that she was just crestfallen. She was just so disheartened by losing her ability to sing. And she was going through a lot of depression and discouragement. And finally, her, her daughter came in to her and said, Listen, Mom, I know this is discouraging, but you know, when God closes one door, He opens another one. So what might God be leading you to in this new moment of your life, midway through your, your life. So Julie Anders began to reflect on what that she could do, the gifts and talents that she had, and she realized that she had aspirations to be a children's book writer. And so she began to dabble in children's books, and it began to flourish as a career. And today she's published a number of children's books, and she reflected later on in her life, and she said, you know, I had never lost my voice. I would never have discovered and flourished in this other gift. And she says, you know, when God 
closes a door, he opens a window. When God closes a door, he opens a window. And I think that's true in our own lives, that the ability to persevere and a word of encouragement, that word of encouragement from her daughter meant all the difference. And so uh, words of encouragement are, are precious and they help us to persevere. And they also do something else which is very important, which is they help us to see the possibility amid the problem. And I want you to notice as Paul is writing to this church that is undergoing a lot of difficulties, he goes out and he spells out some of the ways that you can encourage. And he says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you're doing. Now, we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And if you were to put a blanket over that whole thing, it would be be people of encouragement. Be people of encouragement. Lift people up. Don't tear people down. It helps you to see the possibility amid the problem. A great story that Peter Mance tells is of this principle. And midway through the, the term in elementary school, it was time to send out letters of encouragement to those who were doing well. We made the dean's list. And then there was a time to have a list of students that were behavior problems and who were struggling in school and to send a note to their parents and to tell them that their child was struggling in school and behavior and also in their grades. And somehow the secretary got the two lists switched around. And so parents who were expecting a letter that said that a child was misbehaving and struggling in school got this letter of encouragement that said their child was doing well in grades and the child was doing well in behavior. And so uh, the kids, you know, got sat down by their parents and their parents told them how great they were doing. And it's interesting because later they realized that 21 of the 22 students who received that letter mistakenly all did better both in behavior and in their grades. Why? Because they received a letter of encouragement to the parents who sat down and shared it with them, and they realized if that's the praise they got when they're doing this, well, what if they really tried to be better and to study more, and they did a great job? And I think in our own lives, many times that's the turning point where someone has come around us uh, and encouraged us along the way, and we see the, the possibility amid the, the problem. My daughter uh, was uh, going to do an internship this year, did an internship, and at the beginning of the year I said, listen, I think it's so important that you worry more about internships and experience and finding out your gifts and talents and getting some experience with that than worrying about a job and money. And so she went to this seminar at Purdue, which was all about internships. And she said, before she went, she said, Dad, you know, if I really had my dream, we always talk about dreams and goals. She said, I'd go to Coachella, which is this big music festival in California, if you're not familiar with that, for young people and place of fashion and music and all that. And I said, well, that's great. Thinking to myself, oh, California, that's a long ways away. But I said, you go for it. And so she went there. And then after this deal, she went up to the guy and she said, well, I'd really like to go to Coachella. And the man said, well, we've never had a student from Purdue go to Coachella, but now I'll check more about it. Here's my card, write me. And so anyway, she came back and said that. And I said, well, just keep 
trying that. And it turns out she got an internship at Coachella. She's there now and so excited, so flourishing. And, and to get a chance to just say, you can do that. And then she called this week, which she doesn't usually call. <laughs> and, uh, it was the middle of the week when the music festival wasn't going on. They're doing preparations. Her roommate had left, and, and she was homesick, <laughs> which I felt good about, frankly, because <laughs> I thought she was staying in a nice place out there. And uh, so I got a chance to encourage her and say, you know, listen, you're doing great. And, and uh, I know your roommate's gone, but just, you know, she's focused on, on her classes, which are online at Purdue and doing that. So I had a chance to talk to her about that. But, uh, uh, and then later I text her as I always did, but I love you and I'm proud of you. So every day I text her and I tell her that I love her and I'm proud of her. And uh, I hope you do that to your kids too. I don't care how old they are. They need to hear that. But you know, when you encourage someone, everybody's going through some problems, some difficulties, some issues in life. doesn't matter whether it's a brother or a sister or a son or daughter. Parents, too, right? They need encouragement. You can make a difference. You can help them sort of sort through all that and to find that possibility amidst the problem. Edward Steiger was, uh, is a great photographer. He's a great photographer. And when he was very young, took a bunch of pictures back in the old day, back in the day where you had to have everything developed and printed. And uh, so he brought his photos to his mom. There's 50 of them. And he said, Mom, I want to be a professional photographer. She'd gotten him the camera. And, um, and these photos really, by and large, were not that good. But his mom went through all 50 photos, and she found one. And she said, I believe that if you take more photos like this one, you can realize your dream of becoming a professional photographer. But that photo, by the way, is a famous photo. And, uh, and he did. And he became a great photographer. She could have said, of the 49, really, she find not so good, not so good, not so good. But she found the one that was really good and said, I think if you take more photos like this one right here, that you can realize your dream and become a professional photographer. Parents as encouragers, as uh, teachers, as Sunday school teachers, myself, we can all encourage people. We're part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We can be apples of gold and settings of silver just by encouraging someone. Well, last and not least is that words of encouragement are powerful. They can be life-changing. And Paul is talking about that here. And Paul uh, would later be a great encourager, of course, not just to us, but to people uh, throughout the centuries. And I'm thinking of a, a moment in the life of John Wesley, someone I admire greatly. Wesley had had a, a uh, life-changing, world-changing career, had uh, carried the message of the gospel throughout the United Kingdom, over here in America, much of the world, and uh, was in the latter part of his life. It was actually in the last days, the last two weeks of his life. And he heard word that a young man by the name of William Wilberforce, who was working to end slavery in the United Kingdom, in Britain, uh, was getting discouraged and was ready to give this up. And this was in the, the late 1700s, by the way. And Wesley decided that he would write a letter of encouragement to William Wilberforce, which he did. And the letter read that uh, he heard that he was discouraged in his attempt to um, uh, abolish slavery, the scourge of the world, and uh, he said not to stop, that his work was important. He said to keep striving, and he went on to tell him that he could make a difference in the world. Before Wilberforce received that letter, John Wesley died. He died eight days after he wrote that letter, and Wilberforce received that letter, and it made all the difference in his life. And for the next 
45 years, William Wilberforce worked to end slavery. He sat across from the table of families who owned slaves and said, how does it feel to be a Christian and own a slave? And, uh, and just through conversation made a difference. He became a member of parliament, a very influential member of the British parliament, and worked there uh, to abolish slavery. And in 1833, three days before the death of William Wilberforce, the British Parliament voted to end slavery. 30 years, even before the Civil War here in the United States, through his ability to uh, be diplomatic and to challenge people and to show a better way, he made a difference 45 years of his life. The letter from John Wesley made all the difference for him. You never know that a letter, even later in your life, John Wesley had an incredible career, but was willing to write one more letter. You don't know what letter that you write couldn't make a difference in someone's life, whatever stage that you're at and whatever stage they're in. Today, if you think about the Apostle Paul and his writings, how many people has the Apostle Paul encouraged by his letters, many of which were written from prison? And you think about the Apostle Paul who mentored Timothy, in addition to writing letters of encouragement, and this first letter of the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica and to us was a letter about encouragement. And Paul's last letter, a letter from prison, awaiting his time when he would give his testimony before the Roman leader and give his life for his testimony of faith, was 2 Timothy, a letter of encouragement to young Timothy, the young man that he had mentored throughout his career. And when we think about Jesus, Jesus had a ministry of encouragement. He challenged, but he also encouraged. He encouraged the leper, encouraged the blind person, encouraged Mary Magdalene and so many others. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is one of encouragement. Today, you and I are challenged by Paul's letter, and we are offered wisdom by the great book of wisdom to make encouragement part of our lives. Words of encouragement are, are powerful. Words of encouragement are precious to us in those moments in life where we need that. Words of encouragement can help us persevere as we face the challenges and adversity of life, and words of encouragement help us to see the possibility amidst all the problems of life and are so, so powerful. Today, I challenge all of us as we think about home improvement projects outside and inside to think about home improvement in our own lives, to be encouragers. We join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. It is a light for our path and a lamp for our feet. And so we pray, Lord, that we would take these words from your holy scripture and apply them to our lives and to join in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is one of encouragement. We pray this through Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.